running like, I was running like 30 accounts mm. all at one time, posting at least like 10 tweets a day. Dang. Viral content. It just Amazing. took off. Yeah, and then I realized that I can do that. I had that skill set. And I was like, well, celebrities already got the followers. All I got to do is do a partnership. I utilize my skill set on growing millions of followers on Twitter and transition to Facebook because now mm-hmm. Facebook took over. Facebook was now the new way to make money because Twitter kind of like took a dive. What year is this around about? This was around, I think, like 2010. Girl. And it, it just took off. It took off like crazy on Facebook because Facebook algorithm was the best 125 ever. Oh, so made. it profit 125. Yeah, to me, yeah. It was the best 125 ever. Because I ain't do nothing for it. Well, obviously, I worked for it. You know, yeah. Making the phone calls, reading the documents and stuff like that. But What was the contract? Grease traps. I didn't even know what it was. I got eight grease trap contracts right now. I still don't really know what they do. I just know they go to the canteen. They got these big old holes and they suck grease out of out of a trap. That's all I know. Like I, I still don't even see it, but that's the first one I won. 125 bucks. The guy, shout out to Mr. Jacks. He hooked me up. How'd he hook you up? Because he gave me the game. He was like, no, your price is too high. Go back and get me another price. I did that. He said, you didn't even sign these five documents that you got to sign. Go back and sign all five. But guess what? He, the biggest thing he did, you remember when you said, why don't the government just give us the price and then we go from there? He gave me the price. He gave it to me. He's, and they're not supposed to do that. Oh, so he you're said, calling just a relationship with I people. said, I was just rocking with him. He was rocking with me, Mr. Jackson. He was just rocking with me. He gave me the price of how much money they wanted to be allocated towards the contract. Wow. And I just made it that. It was $16,200. So I was like, all right, my quote is for $16,200. Come to find out I was the only company bidding on it. That's why I won. So that's why he was helping me out so much. But I win a lot of contracts. Well, like why, but I'm saying, why did you only make 125? Did the company you found they were too high? I gave the company the budget for the government. I was like, hey, it's sixteen thousand two hundred dollars for the year. Can we make this work? It was like, oh, yeah, we're going to charge you 14000 Yeah, yeah. I'm like, cool. You under 16, too. I'm good. <laughs> right. And that's why I messed up it. But yeah. it was the gift and the curse because I won. And then I figured, started to figure stuff out. I, now, after that, though, I didn't win my next one. It took me two months to win my next one. So three years, no contracts. How diligent were you in submitting these contracts over this three years? Was it like, I'm going hard or like yeah. kind of stop and go or what? Your content is terrible. Everything you post, nothing gets likes, nothing gets shares, nothing gets comments. It's terrible. But there's only a couple reasons why you're 
uh, you're either terrible at creating content or you're not creating content at all. Number one is you don't know what to say. You don't know what you should be putting out. Number two is you don't know how to say it or you don't know how to post. You don't know how to make a video and put words at the top. Number three, you don't understand the importance of creating content. Or number four, you're afraid of something. I don't know if you're afraid of being judged. I don't know if you're afraid of the the new brand direction that you're going into. I don't know what you're afraid of. You don't like how you look on video. I don't know. But there's four reasons why you're not creating content. And this is why I create, I had the idea to create the content creation boot camp. Okay. People are flying in from all across the country to attend these boot camps, and every single one sells out. Every single content creation boot camp we've had since January has sold out. And this is our fifth one. Okay. So listen, if you want to have content that converts, and you want to be a six-figure content creator. Listen, I built a seven-figure podcast in a very short period of time, and I'm actually teaching the podcast blueprint. It's absolutely amazing. Over a three-day period, you can come to Atlanta and see me in person, me and my content creation friends. They're absolutely amazing. Wednesday, all networking event. I pay for Top Golf. I pay for all the food. You just come, network, leave your wallet at home. You're good. You're going to network with other content creators and people that want to create content. Thursday and Friday is a two-day intensive workshop, nine to four, both days. You need to be there. We're going to tackle everything. You will not leave with questions. That's my guarantee to you. You will come and you will not leave with questions unanswered. If that happens or if you have questions, I'm going to sit there as long as I need to to make sure that you're creating the content. You get all your questions answered, all right? So click the link below. I'll see you at the boot camp. The first year was all, I went hard. Mm. I went super hard. Second year, I was scourged. Super self-doubt. I was like, this ain't for me. I was like, I can't even hold a conversation with these people the right way. Um, the third year, my man got out of prison. Oh, your man, <laughs> I was telling you about it. My man got out of prison, and he started to talk about it again, but I told him what I've been doing. I said, bro, this is what I've been doing. I just can't figure it out. Woo. But, you know, he still really didn't know what to do, but he just gave me the encouragement. He put the battery back in my back, mm. and I just went back hard again. Is he a government contractor now? Yes, sir. That's my boy. Got to put my boy. Yo, that's, that's <laughs> lit, though, because he tells you he gets locked up, you go hard, then he comes out, and I guess you teach him I the game. I give him the game. I give him everything that I'm, I've learned to that point. And then when I started to win, you already know I got to get my guy the sauce. Yeah, yeah he got yeah. out of sauce now. So that's that's why you kind of put together like your program. Absolutely, you. yeah. Because you, you know, I I was going through it. The information on um, YouTube was trash. It was literally having me spin my tail around, and I was in the same spot. I just couldn't figure it out. These people talking all these government jargon, mm. which makes it scary. You know what I mean? Like, they're saying all these words that nobody knows what it means. And even if you do go look at the definition, still, like, okay, how does that pertain to what I'm trying to do? Because yeah. everybody wants you to do the work. I don't want to do the work. I don't, I, okay, I didn't have the means to do the work. 
I had little money, no money, no resources. So I couldn't do it if I tried. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I can outsource it. I can have somebody else do it. But everything that I was learning on YouTube was telling me to do the work. And I gotcha. just couldn't vibe with it. Oh, all right, so three years, no contracts. You get one, $125. Well, $25, baby. Next two months. You have a third, a third, a third. A third goes to the guy on that side of the canal. You need a third for traffic to come through the middle. And you need a third for that guy on that side of the canal. So you have to make sure your boat's not too wide off the dock to stick out to where you go past the third of that space. Or else you can't keep your boat there. So anyway, he's got to shorten his dock for me. <laughs> I'll pay for that. All right, so... You went down to Fort Lauderdale. I went to Palm Beach, went to Fort Lauderdale, went to Miami, went everywhere. Everywhere. You and know, while we were there, I think Trump it. was having a party in Jupiter. We didn't even know it. We drove past uh, where Trump lives in um, Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago. And, man, what a dead-ass place that is. That place is, yeah. I mean, you got your fancy homes, you got your ocean, your beach, but it's like dead. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't want to live like that. I don't even want to keep a boat in a place like that. You know, there's nothing going on, and everybody's, you know, very hidey-tidy. And um, we got over on a free lunch. We got over on a free we lunch. Had a great lunch. Free brunch. We ate the, We wanted to go eat in the Breakers. Was the Breakers is where? Palm Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Breakers. Was well, Breakers in Fort Lauderdale? No, it's it's Palm Beach. The Breakers. Breakers Palm, Palm Beach. Beach. So we went to the Breakers. Sure. Yeah, we were trying to go eat lunch. What do we go anyway? So the restaurant was under construction, and we had. But they own go? a restaurant in town, which called. Forgot. <laughs> I think it's named after the guy that started the town. Isn't it like. Some Henry's Henry's Flagler from Flagler, the guy that started the big rich guy that started the whole damn thing down there. Anyway, so they have a restaurant there in town, and we got lucky because this place was expensive. You know, it's West Palm Beach and all that. So the waitress knocks over a champagne glass that Carla was drinking, and the glass kind of blew on some of the food. Some of it, not most of it. Anyway, they were really nice. The waiter comes and uh, the meet the manager comes over and he says, "No, absolutely, you know, takes all the food away. You know, we we half ate the food already, <laughs> and he brings all new food. Wouldn't charge us. I mean, those people must be tough in that town because these people that work there. Oh, oh my God! Oh my God! A glass broke. You know. And uh, so anyway, we toured everywhere. everywhere. So now here we are." What night is the night? Can you keep track of it? I honestly Tuesday? think we went Wednesday. Wednesday. We went to over 20 marinas. No, 25. And they were all too expensive. And I they charge more I for a fucking all. piece of water. A little slip of water. It's crazy for square foot. It's only water. It's not even land you're getting. That's how much they're charging. Oh, my God. They want like $2. Some of these high-class places want $2 a foot At least per day. Seven grand if a your month. boat's 100 feet, that's 200 bucks a day. That's 30 days in a month. That's $6,000 a month for a fucking slip of water. And in Miami, you talk about, about oh, seven. man, they're making money. Especially in Miami. Oh, my God. Florida. 
and they don't have that. I barely have any amenities. Some of them don't have shit to give you. Uh, so anyway, we're working on it. All right, I hope anybody's out there. They got any problems, they got any questions, call in. All right, and uh, see if we can do. But right now, let me tell you, your real estate is a danger zone. I mean, I don't know what's going on. I'm not smart enough to know how these banks are handling. I know a lot of people ain't paying. See, at first, the government was handing out money. They're giving out the extra unemployment. Everybody was paying their rent. See, multifamily was staying strong. But now, I hear, and I heard from a guy yesterday that owns like 2,000 apartments in Tampa. He wanted to come uh, have lunch with me and maybe look at John's Pass or whatever. So um, he said, holy crap, he couldn't believe it. He was down, he was missing 200000 in rents uh, that he hasn't collected last month. He hasn't figured out what this month is already. So, and we're starting to feel a pinch too. Um, it used to be retailers having its problems, they still are. Forget about hotels. I, I just want to, oh my God. I don't want to talk about hotels right now. But now the multifamily's getting hit, okay? Because people, I'm telling you, they're not dealing with the situation like they should. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, either if you're going to keep money flowing, you keep the goddamn shit flowing. Don't give it a little and stop, all right? Until it's over, keep it flowing. Uh, because right now, I'm telling you, things are getting ugly. You know, I had another commercial tenant telling me they're leaving. They're going bye-bye. I'm going to be stuck with another empty commercial unit, retail. Uh, I'm telling you, my life is depressing as hell right now. So anyway, maybe I can help somebody, anybody out there, you want to buy something, you're looking to buy, but I will tell you, they're still lending. The government's backing up all the banks, they're backing up uh, Fannie's, Freddie's. I got people in contract to buy stuff right now. We had a big inspection in one of our hotels. I hope that goes through. So there's money flowing out there still. So, if you want to do real estate, what you got? We also have Super Chats. Super Chat, Super Chat. Parasailing the Past, thanks for the four ninety nine, And thank you for coming to, I think, most of the podcasts. Is that the parasailing goddamn time? guy I can't find? Every time I go there, he's off sailing somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You know, I personally went over there in the goddamn heat, sweating, you know, it was hot as hell. Looking for the goddamn parasail guy to see if he wants to come to my side over there and, and get more business and more exposure. And I don't know. There's like two or three different parasailing guys there. And I don't even know if I got to the right guy. So, parasailing guy, where the hell are you? Okay, contact us and start parasailing on my side of the boardwalk too. And go get another parasailing boat. Alright, I think I know somebody selling one too. Seriously, call us. I know a guy selling a parasail in a boat and this, uh, the whole setup, a captain. All right, what else we got? Shout out to Matthew Simpson. Thanks for the four ninety nine. Matthew speaking, but like that right there, that's what makes it worthwhile. Wow. Yeah, bro. Wow. Yeah, I got some stories, but that's that's one of my favorites because I remember like the he was sloppy with the weed and it was everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, somebody come in here, I'm gonna be in the news. You know what I'm saying? My local motivational speaker, right, you know, right. brings drugs to school. 
Wow. So, yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, you're right. But what you were saying, like, there's no, I don't think there's another career where you can just, yeah, do that. So that's why I was saying, even if you take out the impact, I can't think of anything else where you, on the low end, on the low end, 2500 on the low end, the average price is twenty five hundred. I ain't charged that in twenty five hundred to five grand. I ain't charged that in a long time, right? So, so being that that's the low end, like to get that really quickly, like one of my guys, Chris, I don't know if he would mind me sharing, but bro, he's gonna do two hundred thousand this year. Mm. Yeah, one well, of my I guys, saying he got. Huh? How'd you meet him before? Like where before he's two hundred thousand. Before that, where was he? Uh, he fifteen hundred. I got a video I can show you right now on my phone. I don't know if you can mix in the podcast. My man said, "Bro, you changed my life." He got his first ten thousand dollar speaking engagement. No, and when did did you connect with him when he was making what fifteen hundred? Yeah, he was. He couldn't get past that fifteen hundred dollar yeah. mark. And so when I showed my video to one wife, I was like, "Oh, boo, that's cool." I was like, "He a little extra." She's like, "Oh, don't do that. Don't do that." You know what I'm saying? Don't make it seem like ten thousand. Like when we first, our first ten thousand dollar check. Like don't act like you wasn't in tears. I said, "Oh, you right." <laughs> She's like, "Don't you know what I'm saying?" She's like, "Don't be acting break." On his face and a yeah. beard, and sometimes don't have a haircut. Man, you saw George Jefferson, didn't you? Did you see James Evans? You saw what's the other motherfucker name on Urkel? That daddy, the other motherfucker, or uh, our fresh Prince of Bel Air? Did you see his daddy? Bill Cosby, them wasn't the handsomest of men in the world. <laughs> uh, but you see what I'm talking about? We didn't, we didn't, they didn't give us all these kind of men on what to look like. Now this nigga here show up and they trying to discredit James Evans. Nigga, think about James Evans. That was a man. That was a man's man, nigga. James Evans, Kevin Samuel. Nigga, give me James. Give me James. <laughs> George, nigga, George and Wheezy. Nigga, way George stood up and talked to white folk. Nigga, way he done Archie Bunker. See, motherfucker don't know nothing about them kind of men, homie. We had some, uh, 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 what's the other guy, man, that played in all the black exploitation movies? Fred, uh, or uh, Black Caesar, homie. Them kind of men, homie. Nigga, no, man. Them, them, them was men. These other men go get their feet done. And I ain't saying ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, they get their hands done. I ain't saying ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, but man, some days you got to walk around here looking like a man. Some, yeah, man, someday that woman won't look at you, man. And man, you ugly too or something. You stink. You been outside sweating. Yeah, man, that's the value. I challenge any grown man, homie, on this internet talking, nigga. Produce, this how you separate the man from the boy. Nigga, get out them corners. Take that camera out that corner and flip around. Let's see how you niggas living, homie. For you to have so much, see, this what make me such a bad motherfucker. And I, I, yeah, I can pat myself on the back. See, because I can stand on this shit, my nigga. All the shit that I'm saying, I can stand on. I can pull your news articles. Man, I've been doing this. Man, let's come over here and do this. Come, I can do that. They can't, homie. They got to put themselves in front of the camera and talk for drama. I'm talking for change. It's just I got a bunch of niggas bringing a bunch of drama to me. I came to the internet positive. 
But I got so much hate on the internet, nigga, I'm going to reflect what's before me. I'm going to reflect what's before me, nigga. And you think I'm going to get an internet the real me? They going to keep getting this goddamn character that they tuned in. They'll never get the real me. Remember, man, we was taught by niggas. What you think niggas used to do when they served white folk? What you think niggas used to do when they served white people, homie, when they was in them kitchens by themselves? And them white folks sitting out there, you think them folk wasn't spitting in their drinks and they food and shit just to get back at them? So I don't trust them people, homie. I see how they treat us. So I want to be, you think I'm going to be comfortable to go in there and let them people cook behind there and not let me see it? And they so good, homie. They can duplicate anything. They can, they can, they can make a bootleg Gucci. They can make anything. Nigga, they can make a human. They so smart and sharp. So if you think they can't make rat taste like chicken, if you think them people can't make rat taste like chicken, human meat tastes like pork, they have bought over 80% of America's beef and chicken processing plants. The fuck would they do that for? Why would America sell their beef and their chicken processing plants to China, homie? Them people take our food and send it back to their country and then send it back to us. Or that the stories that you're picking are the most representative of the yeah. phenomena that you're trying to describe because uh, you could probably find a story to fit any theory that you want, yeah. one yeah. story. Yeah, um, yeah you can't, I mean, that, so the, there's a whole set of trade-offs here. Um, storytelling, by definition, has one great disadvantage, which is you are representing a single narrative, a single experience. Um, on the other side of the equation, the story has a massive, storytelling has a massive advantage, which is there is no better way to communicate and move people than through story. Um, so you're, what you look, what I've always tried to do is, the reason I try to balance storytelling and kind of social science research is that I'm trying to find some kind of middle ground. I'm trying to find an observation that is being made in the literature or by academics and to illustrate it by means of a story. So it's, it's rare that the story comes first. It's not that I hear something cool and then hunt for data to fit that. It's the other way around. I look for an idea that's been expressed in academia, and I say, well, how will I, uh, how can I make that story uh, resonant? Um, uh, make that sort of observation resonant. So you, you, you hunt for stories that match this kind of um, uh, idea that you feel has some um, firepower behind it. Um, so there's, but you know, that said, it's a necessarily imperfect process. All my books are, 
massively imperfect. I don't imagine that anyone will ever agree with 100% of the things in my book. I don't even want them to agree with 100% of the things in the book. It's that, that's not what you, you're not looking for converts, right? You're, you want people to start conversations and um, uh, people, writers who are looking for converts are scary. Um, I think you should, what you're looking for is you want, to, you want people to engage with the ideas and say, you know, I, I did a, a piece for The New Yorker a couple weeks ago about uh, doping in sports. And I happen to be, I'm a big runner, I happen to be I'm a huge fan of track and field. If my favorite runners were found to be using some sort of PEDs, I would be devastated. Nonetheless, my piece is all about, look at it from Lance Armstrong's point of view, right? Or look at it from Alex Rodriguez's point of view. I was simply pointed out that the arguments that we use to justify our prohibition on performance-enhancing drugs are really lame. They're insanely lame. And you can't run around you know, condemning people and suing them and putting them in jail, whatever we do, on the basis of insanely lame arguments. So lame argument number one, for example, the one that I cannot get over is, in baseball, you are allowed, if you're a pitcher, to replace your ulnar uh, collateral ligament in your elbow, which is the principal ligament you use when you throw a baseball, to take it out and replace it from, with a tendon taken from another part of your body or from a cadaver, if you so choose. This tendon will, be, will have performance characteristics that are infinitely superior to the ligament that nature gave you. You can swap it out, bring in the bionic ligament, extend your career, be able to throw the ball harder. And what do we do? We think that's fantastic. We embrace 75% of pitchers in the major league have had this procedure done, right? No one bats an eyelash. The guy who pioneered the procedure is considered to be a hero, blah, blah, blah. Alex Rodriguez is a baseball player who decides to take uh, it, uh, uh, testosterone. A naturally, nat he's not taking something from a cadaver. He's taking a naturally occurring hormone approved by the FDA and available through prescription to everyone in this room. And he's decided to take it. And what happens? He's considered to be a massive villain. Lance Armstrong takes his own blood, his own blood, and re-injects himself with his own blood. And he's considered a villain. So wait a minute. On the one hand, people are importing uh, tendons taken from cadavers, right? Which profoundly alter the performance characteristic of the arm they use to pitch. And that's fine. But you can't take your own blood and re-inject yourself with it. And if you do that, you're a cheater. Explain to me why that's, you know, I am perfectly willing to go after Lance Armstrong once someone explains, once someone makes sense of that contradiction. So there is a case where, do I expect to convince all of you of this argument? No. But if I force by writing stuff like that, force people to just sit down and actually come up with better arguments for 
why we hate performance-enhancing drugs, then I will have succeeded, I think. Uh, I guess uh, that gives us a new benefits idea for Google, bionic <laughs> ligaments for, for our software engineers so they can code faster. <laughs> um, <coughs> uh, you, you talk about how lots of studies in academia never find it to the outside world. What can we as society do to improve the chances of that, right? Because there is so much knowledge, and it seems like it would be useful in everyday yeah. life. Um, it's a really interesting question. Um, the, in general, uh, I think we have to understand that the XA. <laughs> yes, go get it, right? Or, man, I got we got this project, you know, this looks great. What do you think about it? Or, hey, Spec, um, this was wrong and this was wrong. I don't know what to do next. What do you think we should do next? So all of that goes out the window. It's, no, this is what I tried. I tried this, this, and this, and this works now. Just letting you know. Or I tried this, this, and this, and it, I'm stuck now. But I'm you're stuck. more satisfied because we went through some innovations of trying to figure this thing out. Right. I'm stuck, and this is the solution I'm thinking of. If you come to me with a problem, you should be coming to me with a solution. Don't come to me with any problem without a solution. And I just realized that I haven't been focused on speed, me personally. So speed I have this course, everything. and I shot the course. It's pretty much done. It's just, you know, it's done now, and uh, we're, we're getting ready to release it. But it was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Mm -hmm. you know, well, it's supposed to be ready in, like, April. Yeah. I shot the joint. It was, I shot it. It's supposed to be ready, like, April, May. Then... It was supposed to be ready for Black Friday. Then it was supposed to be ready for Christmas. Then it was supposed to be ready for the first of the year. But I haven't been focused on speed. You would have been fired a long time ago. I would have had to fire myself. <laughs> because it's like the funnel people and the emails and all that kind of stuff. No, I, I'm being literal. You got to fire yourself. You're holding yourself back. That's the issue. You got to put somebody in place, leave them accountable, give them a deadline, and tell them they need to make it happen. Mm. It would have got done a long time ago. I need to focus on speed, bro. Mm -hmm. Dang, this is good. Building your team out. Because if you build your team out and you leave them accountable for it, then they have to make the deadline. It won't keep dragging. It's only dragging because you're the owner. You're the CEO. So you can drag your own stuff and not be accountable for it. Or you can just get an accountability partner. That's another game changer. And put money on it. Mm -hmm. yeah. You ain't going to lie to yourself. You get your accountability partner every single week, Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time zone. Get on the call. You're going to talk about relationships. Your, your relationship. You're going to talk about health. You're going to talk about learning and your business. Those are the four things you're going to talk about. And out of those four things, 
you need to put a dollar amount on what's what, whatever is the most important. And if that course is that, then you need to put $100, $200, whatever's going to make you move. You need to be accountable. How you be accountable, you got to lose something. That's how you move. Yeah, big facts. Oh, my God. All right, so so tell me about the academy yeah. and why you built it. Right, so the reason why I built the academy is because every successful business is solving a problem. And I feel, after having numerous of conversations with people who went to college, college is literally scamming people. Mm-hmm. It's set up like a scam. We're going to give you information that you don't believe in. <laughs> because if you believed in it, you have a money-back guarantee. What do you buy without a guarantee? Name one thing other than school that you will buy with no guarantee. Mm. I have a product. The product is the school information. If you believe in it, say, yo, this don't work for you, you get your money back. Mm. That leave them accountable Mm. to making sure that's A1, Right? making sure they put accountability behind the information they teach it. It makes it better that way. You have more success stories. And I think if a professor know the book from the front cover to the back cover, then why he ain't in the Rolls Royce? Why he ain't in the brand new Tesla? Why he ain't like, why he's struggling? If If he know everything, so... That shows that that information in that book ain't everything. Mm-hmm. And if millions of people graduate every single year, why it's not millions of more men, uh, more millionaires based on the graduates? I ask in my training, I do a training. Whenever I do my training, I say in my training, do you think college was worth your investment. I would say 100% of the time, I get like 99% hell no's. <laughs> <laughs> so what I decided to do was, I decided to do something about it. I'm not a talker. I don't really talk much. And even like people's like, oh, spec, you work in silence or you like, you move in silence. When I don't try to work in silence, mm-hmm. move in silence. It's just like, I just, I'm just straight to it. Like, let's mm-hmm. go. So that was a problem. So I wanted to do something about it instead of just talking about it. So I went and created my own, my own business school. So, all right, I created my business school. I preach never reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Success leave breadcrumbs. Yeah. That's what it is. So I went to Harvard. So I was like, oh, everybody all, you know, geeked up about this. You went to Harvard? I went to Harvard. You know that? That thing was everywhere. I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, I went to Harvard. But I went to Harvard. He was smart, yo. I knew it. Man, this is crazy. (laughs) So I went to Harvard, 